This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. I'm back, baby! I'm back! The boys are back in town! Turned around, guys. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. Classic. We are back. We are back. We are getting back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. Have all four sidekicks ever been in the same place at the same time? Don't call us sidekicks. Not after today. I'm back in business, baby! Why let them tell us what to do? It's simple. Get on board or get out of the way. You just don't get it, do you? You went off mission. That was a huge mistake. Impulse? That's so crash! I'm back, baby! Why isn't anyone ever just whelmed? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everyone Loves Young Justice Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Rob. And I am Jay. Ah, Jay, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Rob. But the funny thing is, the listeners, when they hear this, it won't be Valentine's Day. In like three years, when somebody's going back through the podcast, they're going to go, today's October 5th. Why are they saying happy Valentine's Day? I wanted to do something with the word love in it today, <laughs> and we were late in reviewing this. So the long story short is, hey, we're doing the show tonight. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. You're home for all things Batman, Robin, Young Justice, and all kinds of cool stuff. Go check out our host site, TheBatmanUniverse.net. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ELYJPod. We are on Twitter at ELYJPodcast. And you can email into the show at ELYJPodcast at Yahoo.com. And if you listen to the show now that we're on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes and let us know how the show's going, whether you like it. Leave a nice little three, four, five-star review. It'd be great. And we'll read everything on the show. And we're going to start doing that here probably in the next episode or maybe by the time I'm editing it, I'll go, hey, there's some reviews that I can slip in. Hey, so, there, there is a review. Oh. Did you notice? Did, Right before you hopped on, I was going to uh, sift through. You know how you're kind of, you pick your phone up and you go, oh, I'm going to go to Facebook or I'm going to go look at Amazon. And then you fall down a rabbit hole yes. to get the reason why you picked it up. I have the <laughs> review pulled up here. If you so, would like me to go ahead and read it. <laughs> go ahead and read it. Uh, yes, let's do that. Our first our, review. Yes, our, our very first review for Everyone Loves Young Justice is from Shrike3000. It is a five-star review, so thank you very, very much, Strike 3000. Awesome. It says, everyone loves this podcast. Another great podcast from Rob and the gang. You guys are so fun to listen to, and you took the same relaxed yet animated discussions from Everyone Loves the Drake podcast and continued it in fantastic fashion here. Keep it up. I'm in for the long haul. Awesome. We had... and. I'm going to put an editor's note in here. Like if you listen to the Drake long enough, I'll go, I'll say something, but I can't remember who it was that said it. 
Hey, it's Rob here. Like I said, um, I'm usually pretty good at forgetting stuff. And uh, in my show notes that I had, I had completely forgotten this uh, comment that we had gotten. And this is something we're also going to do on the show is go back through Facebook comments, uh, starting with episode four, and then reading some comments that we have uh, through Twitter and Facebook and then your emails. But the one that I'm getting ready to talk about is this one. Uh, This is from Jason Strong. And this is from episode two of Everyone Loves Young Justice. He says, uh, I'm so excited. I'm still catching up on Everyone Loves the Drake, episode 46. But this one, I get to be on the ground floor. And then we exchange a little bit. I said, thanks, Jason. Uh, We hope you enjoy the show. It says, you guys talking about the quote-unquote, death of Tim Drake in Detective 946 about brought me to tears. And I said, that was a rough one, Jason. And then I was like, hell yeah. And his final comment on this episode says, when I read the issue for the first time, I have never stood up, but I did the fist pump. So that was him talking about uh, the Drake and then this show as well. So thank you, Jason, for sending in a review. And now, back to the show. But it's going to appear in here. There was somebody that had sent me a message that says, oh, I'm up to episode. I always like to hear when somebody binge listens to the show. And, you know, the Drake were up at like 88 episodes and we're on three right now. Yeah. And a message is like, oh, I'm, I'm binging through the uh, Drake and I'm up at episode 46. But the great thing is I got on Everyone Loves Young Justice at the ground floor. So I'm caught up with episode two. So I thought that was really cool. That yeah, that is cool. Yeah. He was just excited to coming to the ground floor so thanks for listening and there'll be an insert there um, i was trying to go through all the notes right before we started and i'm a little ill prepared tonight but, yeah. you know it's valentine's day my heart is swollen much like yes. the grinch tonight we are going to be looking at uh, young justice uh, the second issue from the 2019 wonder comics imprint from dc comics written by brian michael bendis and pat gleason on art I want to talk about the cover here for number two. This is supposed to be, now this is going to really sound dumb if you listen to episode one and two. We kind of talked about it almost at nauseam in the, in the first episode. But this is the correct solicited cover way back, you know, a couple months ago. The number one cover was originally supposed to be a connecting cover for one and two. Uh, number one was supposed to feature Superboy, Impulse, and Robin on the cover. And then by the time you get number two here with Wonder Girl, Amethyst, Ginny Hicks, and Teen Lantern, you can put the two covers together and go, oh, cool, I've got the full completed image. Now you're going to have to wait another month to be able to do that. So that whole long thing said, what do you think of cover A here with the ladies on the uh, front cover here? I mean, knowing what cover the original solicited cover for Young Justice number one was going to look like, uh, it's a good companion piece. Uh, I like it a lot. There's some uh, good energy there. It's not awkward like the um, one of the variants from issue one where uh, yeah. I think it was the one with Robin and Teen Lantern and Wonder Girl where yeah, yeah. individually they looked fine, but they all just look, kind of look slapped together on the same cover. This has got some good... Use of depth with a uh, teen lantern and amethyst in the background a little bit, and then uh, Jenny Hex and Wonder Girl in the foreground. Some nice movement here. They look like they're you know part of the team and just kind of you know leaping out doing some cool action poses. I really like the look on uh, Cassie's face on Wonder Girl's face. That's just so a, I. a really good illustrated uh, look of joy. And same with Jenny Hex. A little more maybe not mischievous look, but a little more rough and tumble kind of uh sassy kind of a grin on her face uh, you know just ready to go in and meet action head on amethyst and teen lantern they look pretty cool you know they're just in the background doing their own thing not too much to say but uh wonder girl and jenny hex definitely definite highlights of this one yeah and this is with this cover here other than uh, cover number one this is our our second best look at Teen Lantern that we've received so far, because spoilers inside of the issue, she's still in her lantern mech suit. So we actually really haven't got a nice up close personal look at her face, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about the variant cover here in just a second, which I've got that in front of me. And this cover also does something for me that I, 
I'm really intrigued by Amethyst that I think we said back in episode one that I have very little, if any, knowledge of Gem World. And I didn't know who Opal was in the, our first episode. And after I was reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, how, how did I not you know, realize who that character is? So with just the little bit we get of Amethyst right here, just looking at her, I'm just kind of really paying a close attention to her detail and trying to get as much information from the character as I can. So I don't she, think she looks could, pretty fierce. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that she's going to be one of the heavies in this when they go into battle, I think probably one of their big guns is probably going to be Connor and Amethyst. Uh, something I thought was pretty cool here on the cover, it says Wonder Girl, heir to the gods, Amethyst, mm-hmm. princess of gem world. Jenny Hex, I liked this one, Western wild card. And yeah. I th- think we even mentioned that in episode one, that she's kind of the wild card in this, which that sounds dumb that I just said that, but not really <laughs> knowing how, how she's going to fit into the story. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like in this is one character they can almost literally do anything with. And I think it'll probably work giving who her great, great, great grandfather is. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, teen lantern says the new teen lantern. And again, like we said previously, how this was never a thing before in the, you know, 82 years of DC comics, how there was never a teen lantern that it had to be Brian Michael Bendis that yeah. says it to his kids, and they're like, oh, Teen Lantern. He's like, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I like that, too. I like the the use of their individual, I guess, fonts or logos mm-hmm. for their names. That was pretty cool. And, and it was nice getting either their titles or a little superlative, like with Ginny Hex. And yeah, with her, like you said, she could go anywhere. And like it says there with the wild card, you're not, we're still not entirely sure what to expect from her. Even though Teen Lantern is a brand new character, with a Green Lantern, you at least know what you're going to get with that. Someone right. with a power ring who can make constructs and, and things like that. And Even if you're not remarkably familiar with Amethyst, she at least has a history. And yeah. it says right there, she's the princess of Gen, uh, Gemworld. But Ginny, other than the little bits of her personality we've gotten so far in the story and on this cover here... Still not entirely sure how she's going to play into everything, what she's actually going to bring to the team. So you know that's a that's an apt description here, and I and I like that right. her logo, her Ginny Hex font logo is uh, is reminiscent of Jonah Hex too. Yeah, I like that. I had to look that up. I thought it it looks too familiar for it to. If it wasn't his logo, I was going to be upset, but. Um, yeah, not upset like fist pounding, but it it makes sense that it's it harkens back to that. It would have so. been a missed opportunity. Yes, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Now the variant cover, I'm a sucker. I'm somebody. I, you know, <laughs> the first issue I bought all the variant covers, <laughs> and there were, and I've said this from the beginning of Rebirth. I think you and I have chimed back and forth on Twitter that a lot of the variant covers, I actually like them more than the A main variant cover. Mm-hmm. Um, like for Detective and uh, Batman, when there comes to be a point where like, okay, I don't need to double dip every month in getting two covers, I might seriously consider dropping the main cover because the variants just look so cool with the minimal trade dress. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't know what to make of this cover. I don't ever want to insult somebody's art- artistic creativity I don't. If you gave me a year, I don't know if I could draw this well. Right. But there's something that's a little off about it, and I think it's in their faces that, and especially Teen Lantern. I, I'm trying to be very careful when I say this. I'm not the biggest fan of her face at all on this. I mean, Robbins isn't too bad. Bart's kind of looks a little off. Superboy looks a little dopey. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Is, is it me or I, no, is it just a weird perspective? I, w- I, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like the, the main cover is from Patrick Gleason and yeah. Alejandro Sanchez. You know what you're going to get with them and what you get is greatness. This is from Sanford Green, this variant cover. And uh, I think did, – did – did they do one of the variants for the first issue, or am I thinking of something else? No, I don't think... I don't believe so. I, I've seen their name pop up somewhere recently, so they must have done another cover variant that I've seen. And 
pretty much everything about it I like. I like the composition and I like the yes. idea of it. It's it's a good cover in that aspect. Just everyone just kind of putting their hands in the center. Everyone's you know smiling and excited to be part of a team. But yes, I was. If you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring it up. That just something mm. about some of their faces is a little weird, especially Connor, who's looks very round in squat. Yeah. And uh, same with Teen Lantern. Uh, Cassie and Jenny don't look too bad. No, no. I uh, actually like Cassie quite a bit in this. Yes, yes. Uh, Cassie looks great on this cover. And Jenny Hex looks pretty good, too. Amethyst, her lips look a little little plump and uh, a little little bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A little too much. But uh, but she looks generally fine. And like you said, I'm not... uh, I don't find too much wrong with uh, Impulse's look. I actually kind of like his big buck-tooth grin that he has. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, I, that does make me chuckle. I, I think that's kind of fitting. And uh, Tim looks looks uh, really good, too. But yeah, it's just something about Connor and, and Team Lantern that just doesn't... It just looks very, like, pudgy and puffy. Uh, it just uh, it doesn't look right. And I think what's drawing me there the most is she is sitting or hovering in Indian style. For those of you that can't see the cover, this is more of like, you're going to do a one, two, three break team, you know, getting ready to leave the huddle. So this is, if you're imagining being on the football field, laying down and looking up at all the football players, putting their hands in, Teen Lantern is hovering up above that. I think because she almost looks like a Jetsons character, my eyes are going (laughs) straight to her and Connor. Like, where's the rest of her? I'm like, oh, she's kind of sitting there. And I, I can't not look at that at that quadrant of the cover so it's a little yeah it's a little odd which is weird because like with connor especially the rest of him looks great yeah i love the yeah. detailing like on his belts the buckles look really good and uh i like the like the lapel of his jacket just kind of flapping in the wind yeah and that looks his great. hair blowing aside i mean the rest of it looks fantastic it's just it's just something about their faces um uh, it doesn't make me hate the cover by any no. means i actually like it just yeah I mean, like I, you i bought it yeah yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like you said it's just a little a little strange yeah Okay, before we tell you what we loved about the issue, we're going to pause real quick, play a couple promos you should check out, and when we get back on the other side, we'll hear the synopsis, and then Jay and I will talk about Young Justice 2019, issue number two. We'll be right back. Do not go anywhere. Born and raised to make a kill, she was not given her own will. Her first hit left her feeling only disdain. She ran to Gotham's no man's land, learned from Barbara Gordon's hand, the studs, the legacy of Cassandra Cain. Rising from the devastation of no man's land, a new warrior joined the Bat family. Daughter of David Kane and Lady Shiva, trained from birth to be the ultimate killer, but choosing instead to save lives. She's been Batgirl, Black Bat, and Orphan. She is Cassandra Kane. Join Mike Staley as he goes through every appearance of one of DC's most underrated characters in Silent Night, the Cassandra Kane Podcast. On iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at silentnight.podomatic.com. Professor Zoom Yukonori led an ongoing expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. With unique celebrity guest perspectives to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts. Solomon Grundy don't understand. Entity Terraman. I'm not following either. Bizarro totally get it. I intend to participate in your podcast show of wonders. As if I wasn't nervous enough. Little Professor Man, mansplaining again. Accessing files. Experience the wonder. Bizarro. What in tarnation did you do? Adios, partner. He am Bizarro Terra Man. Goodbye. Of the Done in One Wonders podcast wonder show. Watch out, you square brain varmint. <laughs>
Only on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Recognize Superboy B04. Young Justice 2019, Issue 2, released February 6, 2019. Script Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Pat Gleason and Emmanuel Lupicino. Main cover by Pat Gleason. Variant cover by Stanford Green. Inks CPP 9. Dash 18J. I would love to know what that means by Ray McCarthy. Colors by Alejandro Sanchez. Letters Josh Green. Jessica Chen, associate editor. Mike Cotton, editor. Brian Cumberland, group editor. Price $3.99. And now, Young Justice, Seven Crisis, Part 2. As a red-cloaked figure looks down on Gem World, a band of Gem World not-so-good inhabitants discuss the wedding of Prince Topaz and Lady Sapphire. The entire house of Topaz is now under the control of Lord Opal. The group discusses making a move to take control of the House of Amethyst. If they do, this might gain the favor of Lord Opal. Prince Moonstone asks, What do we need to present to Lord Opal? Gench says, Her head. Amethyst's head. Before he can utter another word, the group hears the sound of flapping wings, mighty flapping wings, and something like a battle cry. turn around to look towards the sky and see Robin riding a mighty Pegasus or a unicorn. It it doesn't matter what it is. It is awesome. Robin lets out a wahoo! And at his side is Amethyst. She yells out, you want my head? Come and get it. part of gem world the forest of topaz to be exact jenny hex is still not sure what the heck is going on she is not in metropolis and what the heck is this giant green glowing thing on the hood of her truck and where the hell are they jenny wants to blast a green glowing robot thing off the hood of her truck before she can do so wonder girl lands and talks to this cowgirl to figure out who she is and tells her a little bit about herself Wonder Girl begins to tell the shotgun-toting individual of a battle with Despero a few weeks earlier. In the aftermath, she lands a nice long discussion with her grandfather. Oh, which he just happens to be the almighty Zeus. He wants to have a relationship with his granddaughter, to which Cassie is quick to point out they do not have one. He tries to tell her that she is the future of the pantheon of the gods and wants to present her with a medallion, a gift of her birthright part of the trinity of gods when she questions this she tells her grandfather that wonder woman told her nothing about this zeus calmly says princess diana does not know everything cassie hands back the medallion to her grandfather and says no thanks if she's going to be part of this trinity thing she'll find out on her own but until then she's going to find out what she is when no one is telling her who she is Now that Cassie is done telling this little story, Cassie and Jenny banter back and forth about which teams they belong on and who each other is, the Outsiders, the Teen Titans. Jenny knows who Beast Boy is, but hasn't heard of Wonder Girl. The green glowing robot thing finally speaks and says, Beast Boy, he's part of the Teen Titans. Hey, cool, Wonder Girl. The trio have agreed to move out of the area and check out the surroundings. Wonder Girl picks up the truck with Jenny Hicks inside and Teen Lantern flying along behind them. They are not in the air very long until they crash right into Robin, 
on his Pegasus and Amethyst. Teen Lantern catches the whole group with her power battery. Yeah, that's a story for a later time. The gang barely has a chance to discuss what has happened to them. Amethyst can hardly get out the words that they are in her kingdom when Lord Opal arrives and says, Unbelievable. He is Lord Opal of Gemworld, and they all belong to him. Knowing from the previous issue that this was going to be a Wonder Girl uh, focused issue, and we'll get into that, we'll kind of save that uh, for the end since that is 90% of what this issue is. Yeah. I just kind of want to point out probably my single favorite panel of this issue, and I think I even tweeted it the day that this came out, or maybe the, the night before, the, like the first image that they released from this issue is we all know my infatuation for Tim Drake being Valentine's day. I love Tim Drake, (laughs) but what's even cooler than Tim Drake is Tim Drake riding a Pegasus or a unicorn with wings and a horn, which somebody says it's not really a Pegasus, but it looks like a Pegasus to me, but (laughs) his Wahoo on it with uh, amethyst (laughs) uh, charging behind him. This uh, Terrence makes fun of me. This needs to be a poster. I need to hang this on my wall. I am not a unicorn Pegasus type person. I don't have my little ponies anywhere in here, but darn it. If I don't think this is the coolest and dare I say, it probably sounds bad. Cutest (laughs) (laughs) edition of Tim on a horse. I, I didn't know this is something I wanted out of a comic and Pat Gleason. I would love to think that you're listening to this. And I do know he did like the Twitter account, which really made me smile. Oh, this is one of the coolest things I have seen in quite a while. Like I said, this is that Christmas present from your grandma where you're like, "Nah, it sucks. And then you're like, Oh, holy crap. It's a remote control car. I didn't know I wanted this. (laughs) What do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, no, I, I like, I mean, swiped because I read it digitally, but I got to that and I was just <laughs> not like floored. Like it was necessarily the greatest comic book image ever, but just yeah. the, the energy and dynamism of it. And just, just how comic booky and fun it is because yeah. uh, for too long, I felt like Tim's been a little bit of a stick in the mud with a lot of his representation and characterization. Yeah. So just seeing him, just overflowing with joy at something that we would all do the exact same thing if we were in this position, which is riding a Pegasus unicorn, just super <laughs> excited and even more excited to wreck all these dudes around them. And, you know, <laughs> I know fight these so- monsters. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I love it. it. It would make a great, a great cover or not a great cover, a great poster just because of, uh, just how full of energy and life and just awesomeness that it is. What, what I keep hearing, and I'm probably gonna have to put the music in here. I'm hearing hammer of the gods. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, immigrant song. Um, or, yeah, yeah, immigrant yeah, yeah. Song. yeah. 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 Heck yes. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> That that's probably going to be our lead in music, but um, do it. <laughs> I, I think you hit the nail on the head for me with you know why I like this so much. Like I said, like you said, it's not the oh my gosh, this is the greatest single panel of all comic books. I think it's because Tim has been I don't know if dowers the word that I want to use, but just so Tim has not had a good representation since Flashpoint. It, yeah, it's just. Tim is having fun here, like we would expect Tim to have. This Tim Drake reminds me very much of the 1998 Tim Drake, mm-hmm. you know, almost 20 years removed. And it's sad that it almost took 20 years to get Tim back to that. So that was one of my favorite panels out of this. What, what were some other things that you liked out of this issue? I didn't even notice it until I was just flipping through uh, uh, right before we started recording. But the very first page, it's Lord Opal, I believe it is, uh, Mm -hmm. just looking over like um, a desert landscape and the, you know, the ruined cities or in the mountain range or whatever Mm -hmm. that is there. It looks like a skull. I didn't even notice that until a few minutes ago, but I thought that was a really cool detail. (laughs) That is 
awesome. Yeah. Now, is now I'm scrolling back up. Have we found the skull in this cover by Pat Gleason that always? Oh, it's uh, in by uh, Teen Lantern. It is just underneath her power oh. ring, like yeah. in her armpit. So, I wonder if that's another little subliminal skull that Pat put in here. That that's not you know dumb luck. That's got to be a nice little. Oh yeah, he totally know. he totally meant to do that. But yeah, I didn't even notice it until. Yeah, good call. Just now, uh, that that was a cool <laughs> detail, and I mean, just high level. This was a fine issue. I think coming down from just the excitement that we had from the first issue and just mm-hmm. how how much forward momentum it had and just how exciting it was from beginning to end to be with those characters and uh, just the, the nonstop action and great character beats. Having it kind of reel back just a little bit in the uh, second issue maybe wasn't surprising, but that is what happened is I liked it just fine. I Mm -hmm. didn't love it as much as the first one. And really what it felt like to me was almost like there were a a lot of the scenes, especially the the longer protracted conversation between Cassie and uh, who we find out is, is her grandfather, Zeus. It felt like a bunch of different subplot scenes that you would see stretched out over like three or four issues. Okay, yeah. Just, just kind of compiled together. So it almost felt like maybe some of what was in here, and then we haven't, of course, read the next issue, but maybe mm-hmm. how the next issue is going to be paced. It's almost like you could chop, uh, maybe chop them up and fit them together to have a story that maybe not as much happened, but there are more things going on at one time, so it feels like more happened. Whereas right here, it just feels like pretty much two longer conversations that really illuminated a lot of what was going on with Cassie, especially, but it ultimately didn't, didn't move the story forward much. Does that make sense? I I felt like we were running just kids in a kids at a candy store. And then we turned to left. We ended up in the hardware section. I'm like, okay. Not that it's bad. The high was, so was so hyped for so long that we're getting young justice and we're we're just playing in this massive toolbox with everyone and now we're having a conversation i like you said i wish it was chopped up and paced over a course of time because you know we got that cliffhanger of seeing superboy and here we are a month later and there's no superboy there's no bart mm-hmm. and there's two three panels of robin so it is a girl focused issue and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that but I think leaving off where we had previously I was really expecting some where has Connor Kent been since the new 52 type of thing and now we're getting this story of Wonder Girl but that's that's half broken as well if, yeah, if that and, makes sense and it's funny cuz even just uh, kind of swiping through here there are beats in here that you could almost say okay they could insert another scene here like the mm-hmm. there's a pretty the pretty cool fight scene between cassie and despero but then uh after she's beaten him and everything there's like the school principal and a uh, security guard or a police officer and everyone wants to talk to her but then she notices zeus and she's like ah you know a bunch of grolixes because she says some word that you can't say in cassie. a <laughs> <laughs> But then after that panel, you know, there's a beat there where you could have had a, you know, cut to somebody else. Right. But it, then it just keeps going. So, uh, so really, really, like I said, what it feels like is almost like Bendis scripted this out. And, and of course, I don't know if this is what happened. It's just, this is how it reads. Like Bendis mm-hmm. scripted this out and was like, okay, I could stretch this out over several issues or I could just put everything here so that we get all of our Wonder Girl at one time, so readers aren't left hanging. And then, to to its credit, the issue ends with a teaser for the next issue that says, whatever happened to Connor Kent? So, at least we're right. getting that. But there, there were definite beats where you could see another scene 
being inserted on the very next page three or four times throughout their conversation. And the conversation itself is fine. I like how she kind of stands up. uh, Cassie stands up for herself, even though Mm -hmm. Zeus is trying to propose or or, uh, not propose, but uh, to um, uh, give her uh, this amulet that will, you know, do, do something. I don't think he was ever remarkably clear on it, but it was effectively the the next step in her development as a hero and an heir of the gods. So there's some really cool stuff here and how she stands up for herself. And I liked a beat where she effectively said, if this is what I'm destined for anyway, how about I try to get there on my own rather than yeah. having it handed to me? That that was a really nice, uh, a really nice moment for her. It, it just it just felt like it could have been paced better and stretched out a little bit more with uh, some other characters we're here to see throughout. So you know, it, it's 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 a fine issue. It just didn't leave me as satisfied as the first. Yeah, I think the the first had had a lot to live up to getting there and with it being so so well received and it read so well that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the second issue. It's I don't know if we overhyped ourselves, but now having read through this about three times now getting ready for the show, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I overhyped myself. I think Bendis and it's probably deliberately, like you said, put the brakes on it and went, you know what, let's, maybe this is how it's going to go. We're going to get, we got our Wonder Girl story. And then the next issue could be, you know, Connor Kent's story. And then people ask in, you know, why is Tim Drake Robin again? And maybe that'll be the yeah. next one, you know. I-, I could definitely see this issue reading better either in the trade or once the first, say, half yeah. a dozen issues have dropped, just going back and reading it. I can definitely see this one flowing a lot better. And that's funny to say because we're you know two issues in, into it now. So it's, it's tough <laughs> right. to say how the third issue is going to come off. This does feel like something that will play better in retrospect. Even then, though, there's still a lot to like here. I mean, Gleason's art is always fantastic. I love just the facial expressions that he pulls out of uh, especially Ginny Hex when we first see her. She's like biting her lip because she's like terrified of what happened because you know one minute they're in Metropolis and then all of a sudden they're on some alien world and then she just looks like you know she's had the crap scared out of her and isn't sure what to what to do until she finally you know makes her move and uh, uh there's some good for lack of a better term acting there just uh storytelling with her the expression on her face there is another page in here that i thought was weird like the writing was a little bizarre uh, yeah. it's when it sounds like you know exactly what i'm gonna say <laughs> yep it's when jenny and cassie meet each other it's almost like they're they bendis didn't write the whole script for this page because one of one of the criticisms i've heard of bendis's writing is that his characters don't talk in complete sentences which okay i don't necessarily get that from here but i can see it on this page especially because the preceding page has Ginny hex about to like shoot at teen lanterns mech construct and then cassie says i wouldn't do that and then the next page she says and i certainly wouldn't do that and i'm not entirely sure what the that is supposed to be see i'm wondering like it i thought is there a panel missing am i missing a page did she turn her gun away from teen lantern and point it at Cassie, and we're missing the point at Cassie, because the insert in where, you know, she said, I wouldn't certainly do that, when uh, Hex asked her, what's your name? I almost think that should be the first panel before you get to, and I certainly wouldn't do that, because you're you're it's ambiguous enough that you don't know who she's pointing the gun at. Yeah, exactly, and it, it just flows really weird, and then mm-hmm. there's I kind of get what she's meaning, and uh, it's it, it, kind of some cool little references here just to hint at the history of Cassie. But she tells Jenny, you look kind of familiar. Are you one of the new outsiders? And Jenny mm. says, what is that? And then Cassie says, you're not one of the Teen Titans, which 
I get and get the purpose of it, but it was still worded a little weird. Just with uh, some of the other dialogue on this page, it just didn't flow right. Yeah. I mean, I I like that you can almost hear the drawl in Jenny, like, what the hell is you? Who yeah. are you? Like, I, I can yeah. I could pick that, that up a little bit in the writing. There was one other spot I thought you were going to mention. I'm uh, scrolling here. And I think it was her grandfather saying something. Oh, yeah. It says, um, how about the almighty Zeus, king of the gods? How may I, your granddaughter, be of service to you? I must have read that four times. Is that written out of order? I think granddaughter, how may I be of service to you? Instead of, instead of saying, how may I, comma, your granddaughter be of service? It reads so weird. And then the insert into this says, this story takes place before Wonder Woman 48, which I have not read, so... I'm not even getting the connection to uh, that. I think it's because most of the gods are killed, so Zeus would probably be dead at this dead. point. If okay. I'm if I'm remembering, I kind of dropped off Wonder Woman for a while and didn't read a, a large chunk of that. So I, I honestly don't remember. I think that's what it is, though. Yeah, I dropped after a Rucka left. Yeah, um, how may I, your granddaughter? Yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah, it it, de- it definitely feels like it was put in there to tell people who aren't aware of it that she is his granddaughter. It's like when you, you know, you watch a movie and somebody calls, you know, their brother or sister, you know, Hey, big brother, or Hey, little sister. It's like people don't actually call their brothers and sisters, you know, big yeah. brother or little sister or whatever. So it felt like that kind of, it's, it's not like hackneyed or anything like that, but it's just one of those lines that was for the benefit of people who don't know who the characters are, but it, it, it's just really, really awkward. Yeah. The latter half of this is it goes really super quick here of and I like the little like history lesson here, like you mentioned the outsiders and uh, the Teen Titans, and she knows who Beast Boy is, which I thought was kind of funny, but doesn't yeah. know who Wonder Girl is, yeah. which is kind of the insert joke when the football team thinks she's Zatanna at yeah. one point, <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> so it ends with uh, Lord Opal of gem world which is our, our first really big full look at him and like you said the tease of what happened to connor kent i know we've given our our, our overall thought to this i enjoyed this but i think i was just i was wanting so much more meat from the second issue just knowing what we had from issue one so i think i was let down a little bit but it's not like it's a horrible comic i don't i don't regret spending you know Three ninety nine on the book, or you know, almost seven bucks in my case since I bought right. both <laughs> both covers. So, um, I was kind of reading some other posts, and people were like, "Oh, there's not much Tim Drake in this. There's no Superboy." Like, I don't know. I'm like, just rewind the clock a year ago. We didn't have any of this. So, if this is going to be a slow burn, I'm just glad all of these characters are here, and we have the luxury of complaining that we're not getting enough. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think that is a, that's a great place to be. And there's nothing in here. I hated. I liked every single thing that I read. I was just, and maybe that's just a sign of how much we love these characters. I just wanted more. And I, I wish this was a biweekly book, but uh, you know, that's just, it's just wetting my appetite. And I'm, I'm almost wanting to fast forward four months to get really get into the meat of the story and see how all these characters are going to play off. So um, what are your uh, final thoughts for this uh, issue? Yeah. I mean, let down might be the wrong thing. I would say my excitement is, is tempered. Uh, That's good. I was at, you know, like a nine with this, you know, the first issue. This is maybe a six to a seven, you know, still, still good. Still, Mm -hmm. still solid, still above average, but I'm, it it wasn't as exciting, but I don't think it's meant to be either. I think by design, Bendis is wanting to pace this out to where, you know, capture everybody's attention with the first issue which needs to pull out all the stops and uh, just be as exciting as possible and now we need to 
put some other pieces in place. So it, it, I'm, this is an analogy that I just came up with off the top of my head. It's like the first issue is half of a puzzle put together already, like just given to us, fully mm-hmm. assembled. And now he's slowly putting other pieces of the puzzle you know, together. So it's like we already had so much of a big picture just just handed to us but now we have to wait while everything else you know starts to form the uh the full image for what they're going for with with the young justice series here uh but yeah i gave a little bit of grief to some of the dialogue but there's a lot of it like i said that i really liked some of the uh back and forth between cassie and zeus was really good i particularly i was just scrolling through and uh you know, she says, you know, effectively, you're presenting me with this amulet, and that, after all I have been through, makes me all kinds of, well, suspicious. And Zeus says, or ungrateful. And she said, I yeah. asked you what I did to earn this. And he says, you seem to do a nice job with that smelly, fin-headed fellow. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it just some some fun little dialogue here. And then a little bit later, with that running joke of people not knowing who Wonder Girl is, when Teen Lantern wakes up, she says... Hey, cool, Wonder Girl. <laughs> so yeah. that, was, that was just a fun little beat. Yeah, not not a lot of of Robin, who like you is is my favorite character, and uh, you know one one of my favorite characters just in general. What we had here was great, of course. Writing that you know Pegasus unicorn, <laughs> whatever we want to call it, was just amazing. It's got some uh, good little back and forth between the girls when they he meets up with them later on and it ends on a good cliffhanger making it look like we're going to explore more of gem world, which, you know, like you not remarkably familiar with amethyst or Lord Opal or this whole world. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. I just realized Tim is the only guy surrounded by all these girls right now. So he (laughs) may just, he may just call off Connor and Bart and say, guys, I got, I got this, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. He's essentially Charlie, and these are his angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine him pulling a like a Han Solo on the Death Star with the, uh, you know, <laughs> it's much too dangerous. No, you know, don't don't send anybody. You know, large reactor leak. You know, very very dangerous. Uh, we're fine. We're all fine now. You, you know that kind of thing. Just kind of uh, making something up on the spot. Yeah, I how butchered, are you? I butchered that, but yeah, yeah. How are you? <laughs> I you know I butchered it, but you you know what I mean. You know, yeah. I could imagine him doing that. Just that'd be pretty funny. But yeah. no, it's uh, I mean, with a lot of second issues, it's not going to be as exciting as the first because the first has got to be the hook. First issue yeah. is where, you know, you've kind of got to lay it out and be like, this is what this series is going to be. Second issue is when they can actually start going into the story. So. Right. I kind of wish they would have made a couple of different decisions with some of the pacing and some of uh, how the stories story came together. But overall, I liked what we got. I just didn't love it. One last little thing I'm going to pull here before we uh, close out is that for people wondering, you know, is this in continuity, not in continuity? It is. But I do like the name drop where Cassie's telling her grandfather, Wonder Woman never told me. And he says, Princess Diana doesn't know everything. So I like how we're just... They're not afraid to mention. We haven't met. Actually, this is the first hero made mention. I was thinking for some reason Superman was made mention the first issue. So Wonder Woman gets the first hero name drop in here. So that'd be kind of cool to see Cassie with flashback of her with Diana. I think that would be would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I mean that was a ni- uh, a nice little line too because too you know too often especially with like the big 3 with Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman, even to the audience they're almost propped up as infallible and you know they know everything but yeah. they're they're still flawed. They don't know everything. Even even Batman doesn't know everything. He, he yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, having somebody say, "Well, yeah, but she doesn't know everything." And you know what? That and that's right. There's there's still things that even in her own book, Diana is discovering about herself and the world. So it makes sense that she wouldn't know everything about, you know, somebody else that dependent upon how much continuity they're pulling in here, she would have previous knowledge of anyway. Right. All right. That's where we're going to put a pin in it for this episode. Uh, What's going to happen through the podcast as we're figuring out how the layout of the show is going to go. This is going to run on a bi-weekly 
ish release schedule. Uh, you're going to get a 1998 version of Young Justice and then a 2019 version of Young Justice, provided that uh, at when we the time we pick to record, that uh, you will get one the beginning of the month, and then with the release of the 2019 version, you'll get that at the end of the month, as long as the, the release schedule for the comics doesn't get held up or there's some weird publication thing that ends up happening. Uh, we are also are going to be talking about the animated universe of Young Justice that was on Cartoon Network, and now it's on the DC Universe streaming app, and the tie-in comics, and maybe even some video game discussion since there was a video game of Young Justice. So there's quite a bit that we're going to cover on this podcast, but I just kind of wanted to reiterate how the podcast is going to run, and again, that'll just be on as long as everything's running well with DC and as long as our schedules continue to keep lining up, you are definitely going to get one a month, but the second episode will probably be a little bit shorter, much like this one, as we're only covering one issue at a time. And maybe uh, Jay and I might look at it and say, you know what? This issue went really kind of quick. Maybe we'll let a couple build up. So we have a little bit longer discussion. Uh, this one, as you can see, was a little bit shorter of an episode, and I think that works well for having a biweekly that we can kind of uh, talk about one issue, and this was a pretty quick uh, discussion for the two of us. So, like I said, that's where we're going to end this episode. Uh, we're glad that you're here for Everyone Loves Young Justice. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes if you listen there and leave a nice five-star review or two or three, but be kind, but hey, uh, leave the review and we will read it on the air. You can write into the show and we're going to start reading comments from Twitter and Facebook and your emails and your iTunes reviews moving forward. So on behalf of Jay, this is Rob and you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net and more importantly, you've been listening to Everyone Loves Young Justice. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everyone Loves Young Justice podcast. We are part of the BatmanUniverse.net podcasting network. If you would like to get a hold of us, you can do so a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELYJ Podcast. We are also on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ELYJ Pod. You can email under the show at ELYJ Podcast at yahoo.com and we will read your comments on the air. If you listen to the show on iTunes, leave a review there. That will help spread the word of the show and we will read your review as well. Now, if your mode has been crashed, or if you feel a bit whelmed by the show, no infringement was intended. All music and sound clips belong to their respective copyright holders. These are just to illustrate and enhance your listening experience. No coinage is, was, or will be made by this show. Our wives said so. All characters discussed on the show belong to DC Comics. The opinions on this show belong to the two chatterboxes alone. Not that anyone else does, but if you want your voice heard, let us know why everyone loves Young, young Justice. Justice.